0: Let us pray before I read the scripture. Father, we pray that you open our ears, our eyes, our hearts. Open our hands and feet to hear, see, and do your will. May this scripture provide us guidance and encouragement as we do that. In Jesus' name, amen. The first scripture for this morning is Psalm 32. Oh, what joy for those whose disobedience is forgiven, whose sin is put out of sight. Yes, what joy for those whose record the Lord has cleared of guilt, whose lives are lived in complete honesty. When I refused to confess my sin, my body wasted away. I groaned all day long. Day and night, your hand of discipline was heavy on me. My strength evaporated like water in the summer, in the summer heat. Finally, I confessed my sins to you and stopped trying to hide my guilt. I said to myself, I will confess my rebellion to the Lord. And you forgave me. My guilt is gone. Therefore, let all the godly pray to you, while there is still time, that they may not drown in the floodwaters of judgment. For you are my hiding place. You protect me from trouble. You surround me with songs of victory. The Lord says, I will guide you along the best path for your life. I will advise you and watch over you. Do not be like a senseless horse or mule that needs a bit and bridle to keep it under control. Many sorrows come to the wicked, but unfailing love surrounds those who trust the Lord. So rejoice in the Lord and be glad, all of you who obey him. Shout for joy, all you whose hearts are pure. Our second reading comes from Matthew four, verses one through 11. It is the temptation of Jesus. Then Jesus was led by the spirit into the wilderness to be tempted there by the devil. For 40 days and 40 nights, he fasted and became very hungry. During that time, the devil came to him and said, if you are the son of God, Tell these stones to become loaves of bread. But Jesus told him, No, the scripture says, People do not live by bread alone, but by every word that comes from the mouth of God. Then the devil took him to the holy city, Jerusalem, to the highest point of the temple and said, If you are the son of God, jump off. For the scriptures say, He will order his angels to protect you, and they will hold you up with their hands, and you won't hurt your foot on a stone. Jesus responded, the scriptures also say you must not test the Lord your God. Next, the devil took him to a peak of a very high mountain and showed him all the kingdoms of the world and their glory. I will give it all to you, he said, if you will kneel down and worship me. Get out of here, Satan, Jesus told him. For the scriptures say you must worship the Lord your God and serve him only. Then the devil went away and, Jesus, and angels came and took care of Jesus. The word of God for the people of God.
1: I have a bit of a clarification point before we get started with today's sermon. I said something yesterday, and a couple people uh, confronted me about it. It's, it's being surrounded by wise advisors. And I didn't realize that I said something, and it sounded like one thing, and I wanted to clarify it. Last Sunday, you may remember that I said that God is not interested in us fasting, as much as God is interested in us creating new habits. And, and uh, a couple of my wise advisors came and talked to me about that, and I said, I didn't realize I said it that way. And I listened to the tape, and I, yes, I did say it that way. Here's, so I want to clarify what I'm saying so that we're clear, and I'm not retracting what I said, but I want to clarify it and and put more information and more detail into it so that you understand what I was trying to say. Um, The 40 days of Lent, you have people coming to each other and saying, so, what are you giving up for Lent? And it becomes a bragging point, right? Or or a thing where, oh, yeah, well, I'm giving this up for 40 days. You know, I'm going to stop eating chocolates, I'm going to stop swearing for 40 days, I'm going to stop uh, you know, drinking or, for 40 days, I'm just going to stop it for 40 days. I can do 40, anybody can do 40 days, right? And so now I'm going to go back to what I was trying to say is, God is interested in us creating things that are long term. If you're going to give up something, give it up and ask God to help you because we're going to fall because we're humans. Do you understand that? And yes, Scripture is very clear that Jesus went to the wilderness to fast. We're going to go into more detail on that. But I wanted to make a clarification point. Fasting is a very, is very, a very important spiritual practice and it does help us in our prayers. And I'm not saying don't fast. But I do want us to, to step away from this silly notion of I'm going to give this up for 40 days for Lent. Does that make sense? So that's, I just wanted to clarify that and make sure that that we're all on the same page, because honestly, what God really wants from us is God wants all of us, every cell of us, God wants all of us. God wants us to have a connection with Him through our Eternity and in the life to come, not just 40 days. So let's use this time as introspection, and maybe this introspection will continue on beyond 30 days. Hopefully it does. I hope that you're taking advantage of the inserts that I'm putting in. This is the second week. This is to prepare you for what I'm going to be preaching on the next Sunday. So, uh, if you're taking advantage of this, it gives you an opportunity to, to engage a little deeper in my sermon. Because not, it's not possible for me in the short time that I have here to cover every little nuance and every little thing. And I really want you to f- experience this engagement for yourself by uh, doing these exercises. And also, if you need a little help with meditating on the scriptures, there's an app called Insight Timer. On your uh, doodles and notes, you'll see a little... Uh, QR code or a, a link that you can go to and you can actually meditate on the gospel lesson with me uh, through that link. It's all free. I'm not making money off of this, so uh, take advantage of that if, you, if you're if you so inclined. So, while we're on the subject of 40 days, have you noticed that this, bio, this, 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 this number 40 keeps popping up throughout Scripture's yeah, and, and and the other thing is this: uh, when we look at forty days in relationship to the forty days and forty nights that Jesus was in the wilderness, that's important too. Whenever we see the word wilderness pop up in Scripture, that's kind of code too. It's not a good thing, or or it's it's. It, let me back up. It, it could be a good thing. It's it's more of a um, a trial, okay? Now. In a couple of weeks, my wife and I and, and grandbaby and, and son, son-in-law and daughter are all going out back to Tyler State Park, even though nature tried to kill us with the weather. Um, we're going back. We're going to the wilderness to re- refresh and rejuvenate and regenerate. But, but as far as the Jews understood from Scripture, they understood two things. There's something important about 40. And they also understood that, that wilderness experiences were just that. They were, they were trying times. So whenever you hear about wilderness experiences, you know, the children of Israel wandered in the, what, wilderness for 40 years. That's another example. That's that 40 that keeps popping up. So um, that's, but, but think of it as code. We still kind of talk like that today, too. I'm in my wilderness experience. Another way of putting it is I'm in the dark night of my soul. That's a, another neat way of putting it. I'm, I'm not well with my soul, and God is working with me. Um, so let's let's kind of unpack this for a little bit, and, and I want to bring into the conversation a uh, Jewish New Testament scholar, Amy Jill Levine. She observes that while many view the wilderness as a place of recreation and renewal, wilderness in the Bible is nearly always a place of struggle. Remarkably, Jesus follows the leading, uh, Jesus follows the leading spirit into wilderness solitude to be tempted by the devil. This purpose statement she says is not found in Mark or Luke and suggests that Matthew is considering Jesus' uh, intentional confrontation with evil to be instructive, and as, as you look at who you know. There are four Gospels. You have four versions of the story of Jesus. And they were written to different people. And Matthew was writing specifically to the Jewish people. The Jewish people who were Christ's followers. And so he was writing, writing from that lens. So that's why it shows up in that lesson. It was, he was trying to say something there. Our Gospel lesson is a story... Uh, it is a story of Jesus facing temptation in the wilderness after f- spending 40 days in the wilderness, and not just spending, just hanging out, you know. Jesus is praying. Jesus is fasting. The Bible says he was famished by the time the tempter shows up on the scene. He's famished. And so, uh, continuing what... Um, Amy Jill Levine has been saying, um, she talks about the number 40 coming up over and over and over again. Uh, The rain of the great flood fell upon the earth 40 days and 40 nights, while Noah and his family waited for their deliverance from evil and the rain, as God promised Moses fasted alone in the wilderness, uh, I'm sorry, fasted alone in the presence of God. Moses was actually in the presence of God, fasted alone for 40 days and nights atop Mount Sinai as he was receiving the Ten Commandments. Elijah followed the Lord's urging and fasted 40 days and nights as he fled to Mount Horeb or Mount Sinai where he encountered God, the still small voice of God. And then the number 40 is further rooted in Israel's struggle to practice faithfulness in the wilderness. Day and night, 40 years they were in the wilderness. Jesus' encounter with the devil should be a reminder that Jesus, being fully human, fully God, was tempted at all points as we are. And to continue that on, and yet without sin. That's actually found in Hebrews 4, 5. That's what was what was coming to my mind as I was preparing this. Jesus was tempted at all points as we are. And yet, I want us to be very clear. We're not Jesus. We're not perfect. We're not. There's, I mean, aside from Jesus wanting to dwell within us, we're not duly human and God. That would be a heresy, right? So we're human, and we're going to fall, and we're going to fall to temptation, and we're going to trip up, and we're going to make bad decisions like we were talking about with the kids. We're going to make those bad decisions, The good news is that through it all, Jesus offers grace and forgiveness and redemption in this life as well as the life to come. In the remaining time that we have here, let's unpack the temptations that Jesus faced in the wilderness The devil is seeking to mislead Jesus about the meaning of sonship and the purpose of God. That was the purpose of the devil's temptations. That was the base right there, was trying to mislead Jesus about the meaning of sonship. What does it mean to be a son of God and what is the purpose of God in your life? So the first, confrontation, the, uh, the first confrontation in the Bible, as we look at it, um, that's when you get old, your eyes can't see the small print in the Bible. That's why I use 16-point font when I'm preaching. So let's look at the first temptation. If you are the Son of God, command these stones to become loaves of bread, And I don't believe that, God, that, that Satan or the tempter is trying to uh, question that he's the Son of God. I think that, uh, that, that the devil's uh, condi- conditional statement does not reflect doubt about Jesus' identity of power. Indeed, it could be translated as, since you are the Son of God. You see that little nuance? Since you are the Son of God. Nevertheless, the, dece- the deceiver attempts to mislead Jesus into using his power for himself rather than trusting the Father to fully satisfy his need. Jesus sees through the deception clearly. Now, that's an interesting statement, and this actually came from, from a quote of Amy Jalevina. I'm just kind of bouncing back and forth between my process and what, because I felt she had some really interesting points. Why? Why did Jesus see through that temptation clearly? What was he doing for 40 days? He was fasting and he was praying. He had discernment in citing Scripture, Deuteronomy 8:3. Jesus insists that there, are more at, there is more at stake at the moment than food. Jesus will not misuse his power. For personal material gain. The second test. Let's take a look at that. Then the devil took him to the holy city. Verse 5. The devil took him to the holy city. Placed him on a pinnacle of the temple. Saying to him. If you are the son of God. Throw yourself down. For it is written. He will command his angels concerning you. And on their hands they will bear you up. So that you will not dash your foot. Against the a stone. The second test focuses on Jesus' vulnerability and need for safety. The devil invites Jesus to make himself secure from injury, even death. Moreover, he, he misquotes scripture, he takes scripture out of context to prove that God agrees. Again, Jesus is not deceived. Why? He's fasting and praying for 40 days. Jesus is not deceived. The devil is using scripture out of context. It does not endorse Jesus, uh, it does not endorse God's protective grace for the sake of self-assurance. And Jesus responds to the devil by using a passage in context. Jesus said to him, verse 7, Again, it is written, Do not put the Lord your God to the test. Deuteronomy 6.16, if you're interested. It applies. He applies it faithfully and in its context. Jesus is, after all, God's Son and full of the Holy Spirit Jesus will not misuse his power to make himself safe or secure. The third temptation attempts to seduce Jesus with domination and prestige. Verse 8, again, the devil took him to a very high mountain and showed him all the kingdoms of the world and their splendor. And he said to them, all these I will give you if you will just fall down and worship me. Jesus' response, away with you. Away with you, Satan, for it is written, worship the Lord your God and serve only him. And then the devil left. So the devil is offering Jesus' control over the world's kingdoms along with their praise and glory and adoration in exchange for his allegiance. Again, Jesus is not let us pray, because why? For forty days he's fasting and he's praying. And again, Jesus in Deuteronomy six thirteen. Worship the Lord your God and serve only him. Jesus will not misuse his power to a mouse, to amass clout and esteem. When it's all said and done, the tempter leaves. And angels come and they minister to Jesus. They bring him food, I imagine. They minister. They speak words of encouragement to build him up. Again, I want to be very clear. We are going to fall. We are going to fall into temptation. But as Paul says... What then, shall we go on sinning so that God's grace may abound? God forbid, he says. God forbid. So what that means is we are to strive to live good and godly lives, not to be saved, but because we are saved. Does that make sense? doesn't mean we stop trying to live godly lives. It also means that if when we do fall, not if, when we do fall, God's grace and love and redemptive power is there for us in a flash. All we have to do is ask for it. So here are the questions I'm leaving with you today. Where in your life do you need a heavenly intervention? They still happen, you know. In what areas are you struggling with sin? What do you need to give to God? I, mean, I God, I can't, I can't keep fighting this anymore. I'm, I'm giving it to you. What does it look like for us to wander in the wilderness in the next 40 days of Lent with our Savior, our friend, Jesus the Christ? Let us pray. Loving God, you are never further than a whisper away. We are grateful for the work that that your son has already done on our behalf so that we can live lives free, redeemed. We can live our lives knowing that you love us. You see, God, we know, we acknowledge that Sin separates us from you. Even though you're never far away, we feel like we're far away. (laughs) So cleanse our hearts. No, replace our hearts. Take our stony hearts out and give us hearts of flesh. A heart that longs for you. May that be our focus during this Lent. To long for you to hunger for you, to thirst for you as a deer pants for water. God, in this time, in this space, in this place, there are people who are encountering difficulties in their life. And I want to create space right here, right now for each one silently from wherever they're at, online or in their pews, To bring their petitions to your throne. God, in your mercy, hear our prayers. For we pray these things in the name of Jesus, who taught us to pray.